Mel. And Kel. And this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? All right, here we go. Today, we have Vanessa Medeiros, one part of the hilarious trio behind the Portuguese kids. The Portuguese kids create all kinds of comedy skits and content, both digitally and in person. We've been enjoying their comedy right from the beginning, attending some of their earliest live shows. If you haven't heard of them, you've probably been living under a rock. I don't know how you've heard of us, but (laughs) but (laughs) Vanessa, I think you joined the group a little bit later, but you've done an outstanding job of expertly embodying the persona of every Portuguese woman we've ever known. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It helps because now the guys don't have to cross-dress as much. Right. I mean, they, they did look do, pretty though. damn good. They yeah. did look pretty damn good. It was concerning how good they look sometimes. I'm like, ooh, look better than me in that dress. But it does add a different layer to it for sure. Yes. Right. So you bring a nice womanly touch to the whole thing, which is awesome. But we first knew you as our peer attending Portuguese Catholic grade school together. We're representing today with our Spitzant Pumbinha shirts over here. <laughs> I have a Pumbinga too. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, you do. Is that a Pumbinga? It's sort it's of. A it's a Pumbinga. Yeah. So for our listeners, she's wearing Easy like an Asur shirt and it has yeah. a little. It's a Pumbinga. Yeah. It's a Pumbinga. Right? It's all the family. <laughs> you see um, one, you see them all. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's not in my realm <laughs> of understanding about Pumbingas, but. <laughs> We're going to move on from that. <laughs> so something about our experience at this Pumbinga school made us all want to grow up and talk and laugh about our culture on the internet. So here we are doing it together. Welcome, Vanessa. Welcome. Yes, thank you, guys. It's, you know, it's awesome to be here doing this. I heard about this through actually Connie, Connie Marks. I oh. love her. I love her. I really, really do. We do too. Wonderful. Wonderful human being. And so when I heard about it, you know, and I, I believe is it somebody has a pew as like their seating area. Is that you? (laughs) There it is. I knew it. That's amazing. So she has two actually. There's two of them. Oh. Custom made. I called up the guy who was was pulling him out of the church. I had him cut him down. (laughs) Do they have the Pumbinga engraved on the side? I think he has a cross, right? He thought I was using this for like, you know, farmhouse chic decor. And he <laughs> he wanted to know if he should shave down the, the crosses on the side. And I was like, no, no, no. No. No, no, no keep those. We, we never shave down Jesus. Never, <laughs> never, never, never. Uh, yeah. So she had told me about it, right? And I was like, oh my God, that's first of all, amazing. So kudos to you both for doing this because this is awesome. Thank you. And you know, I think especially during COVID podcasts and things like that were, were huge. And a lot of them really took off and because we couldn't go anywhere and we couldn't be entertained any other way. So kudos to you guys. And thank you for having me on here. I love talking about Jesus and (laughs) never thought those two would go together, but here we are. Here we are. are. And and being Portuguese, of course. Of course. That's what we have in common. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. 
so we pretty much like the three of us had kind of the same upbringing. Yes. We were in different classes. So we weren't like, you know, BFFs through school because we kind of always stuck with our classmates. So so we're going to hear from you today, like brand new. Like, where's your family from? I'm you're wearing the Asur shirt. So <laughs> I have to represent. I have to represent because if my mom hears this. Or watches this, and she's going to be very upset that it represents. So, <laughs> um, both of my parents are from San Miguel, different villages. But my mom is from Capelich, and my dad is from Santo Antonio. Oh my God, I'm probably related to you, Vanessa. Yeah, I mean, my I'm father, know. probably. My <laughs> father, your father, all yeah. our dads and moms and everybody else. We're probably cousins. related. I, that's what it is. That's what it is. I hate when my mom does that too. She'd be like, you know, your cousin. Um, what's her name? Rosie, I'm like no, Ma, I don't know. I don't see <laughs> Please, know. just let's move on. What what's going on with Rosie? <laughs> I'm like cousin number forty eight thousand. <laughs> so they're both from San Miguel. I was the first person uh, in my family to be born here, uh, first generation. Oh. So yeah, I'm an only child. <laughs> same, which, same girl. <laughs> I, I just I feel like. I don't think my parents could probably handle more than one of me, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so I think they, I think they realized that very early on. So I think that's why I am an only child. But I grew up. My parents mostly spoke English in the home, but I did have obviously the older family members who spoke Portuguese only. So my grandparents and you know older aunts and uncles. Uh, but my grandparents have since passed. So. We don't speak much Portuguese around it. And, and I tell my mom all the time, like, talk to me in Portuguese sometimes because I don't want to lose it. I, I worry about stuff like that because it's important to me. It's important to my culture. And when I'm speaking to someone, I feel like I sound dumb. <laughs> like, oh, I'll, same. Yes. We say this the all slang. the time. Yeah. yeah. It's just certain words that I, I just genuinely don't know. And I, you know, especially now I work in a school as a school adjustment counselor. And because I am in a school in Fall River, there are a lot of English language learners in my school. So a lot of them are Spanish speaking, Portuguese. The kids that are Portuguese speaking, God bless them. They speak so proper. It is it is a beautiful thing to listen to. But then when I speak back to them, they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> Miss, you sound crazy. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're right. They just laugh at me, and it's like I have these ten and eleven year olds laughing at me, and I'm like, so I'm how are they so I'm much better than us? How are they so it's much? Better? A lot of them are from Brazil, um, um, and the Brazilian dialect in Portuguese is different. So there are actually some words that are completely different. I can't think of an example right now, but I'm sure. I'll be embarrassed tomorrow in front of a student. So I'll <laughs> make sure to let you guys know what that looks like. Like my cousin's married to a Brazilian and she used to say, I don't know how to say eyelashes in, in Brazilian, but I guess eyelashes in Portuguese is pestanias. Yeah. I forgot someone said something and like his wife like looked at her and was like, that's not how you say eyelashes. And so, yeah, you're right. There are like words that are just totally opposite from what we say. Right. And so I'm trying to, you know, they're asking me about a class or, you know, how to get somewhere or just support and something. And I'm just trying to explain to them, they're like, huh? <laughs> <I'm> like, oh. 
you don't know anything I just said. So I'm like bringing up Google Translate on my phone. I'm like, I am. This is so embarrassing because I am Portuguese. I'm looking up Google Translate for Portuguese words, you know? So since we started this podcast, we're I'm on Google Translate all the time for Portuguese words. (laughs) And and I'm like finding out that like they don't mean what I thought they meant or like just random stuff. And I'm like, what's the word for that? And then I look and I'm like, I've never heard that word in my life. And I like, I've been saying yeah. it wrong my whole life. We speak Same like here. the broken. We speak broken, broken Portuguese. Yeah, it's like I, the I Portuguese say. English. It's like, yeah, it's the Portuguese That's English. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> like Ishtua. Oh, all day, all day at the Ishtua. Not Ishtua. I'm. All, I, I love going to the Ishtua, but I tell <laughs> one of my Brazilian kids that I'm going to the Ishtua. I got it. They are not. They're not going to let me live that one down until at least June. <laughs> it's embarrassing. So you said you were taking some Portuguese classes now, right? Yeah, I'm actually doing a certification program for Portuguese interpreting. And even that sometimes when I'm listening to the teacher, and I'm like, wow, I'm like taking notes. I'm like, I never knew how to say that. Right. Because if you think about it, when you think about like interpreting or translating, it's always been like, you know, if you had to interpret for your grandmother or, you know, one of your family members, they understand the slang that you're saying, you know, right. but if you were to do that professionally, you can't be saying like these, you know, slang words in a medical setting or environment. No. Somebody, you're telling somebody that, you know, the doctor's going to take blood. And then next thing you know, the person you're translating to is taking their shirt off. You're like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not what we now. Just so that, I didn't you, mean that. So are you saying it's unprofessional to tell your parents or a grandparent that you have like a kaza going on? Oh, the yeah. doctor says that you have a kaza. <laughs> Something's going on with your kaza. <laughs> that can mean a lot of different things. <laughs> you have a kaza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, and it, it, and you know, it's it's funny, and like now to think, looking back on it, I'm like, damn. My family did me a disservice because I don't know any of this stuff, you know, but I do have friends who are Portuguese who they're like, you're lucky. My my family never spoke Portuguese to me, so I never got to learn. So at least I got to learn something, whether it's slang or not, it was still something. So I'm thankful for that, but I am trying to learn to speak more properly because in even like interviews that, you know, the guys and I, I have done like Portuguese kids interviews some of them will be in Portuguese and I'm looking at them. I'm like, <laughs> help me. <laughs> you know? I'm like, okay, I'm going to sound ridiculous. The whole country of Portugal is going to be like, oh no, who's this new girl? Get yeah. her out of here. That's how I felt when I just visited the Azores because it's like, I walk around telling everybody like, oh yeah, I speak Portuguese. I'm like, and I do, but because it's so broken and because it's so bad and rusty, like I'm out there and like I will go and present myself like I'm Portuguese speaking. So then they will just start talking to me in Portuguese and they're explaining like this, like like I was at a winery and he was giving me a tour and he's telling me about like the whole history of grapes and wine at, on the island. And I caught like every third sentence. I was like, uh, <laughs> like Uvish, got it. Uvish ta bebed. Okay. Uvish ve bebed. Got it. Done. That's all I need to know. All I need to know. But I just, I felt so dumb. Yeah. But to make you guys feel any better, I still speak Portuguese every day to my parents because they don't really speak English and I still speak the broken Portuguese. So <laughs> I feel like that's, it's become 
I feel to me anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get all philosophical and I don't mean to, but <laughs> I feel like that was their way of connecting with one another in their villages and their, you know, cause even within, I didn't realize this until recently, but within the Island of San Miguel in the different villages, there's a different dialect. You know, my girlfriend's family is from Villa Franca and some of the things that she says, I'm like, what? She's <laughs> like, what? I'm like, and then I'll hear her family say it. I'm like, oh, this is like a village thing. Okay. You know, and oh. it's cool because, you know, she thinks I'm making fun of her. But I'm, not, I'm like, no, wait, wait, say that again. She's like, I don't want to say it again. It's so mind boggling to me that within, never mind within the Portuguese culture and language that it's different, but within the same island, it can be different. You know, just the way it sounds, certain people from different villages can have like a different tone or just like the way they, you know, their pronunciation of things can be different. So I feel like I've been living under a rock. <laughs> I'm like, I don't speak what kind of Portuguese do I speak? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they don't have that option on the drop down when you're like on, you know, Duolingo or something. There's not like Fall River Portuguese. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. But the village thing is so interesting because I'm always like trying to connect the dots and like, why are we the way we are and stuff like that. And there was no easy way to get from freaking village to village out there like back in the day. So no. if you were from another village, even if it was kind of close by or what we would consider close by now, it's like you had to freaking ride a donkey there on like treacherous grounds to get there you'd get there like three days right <laughs> it wasn't easy so it's kind of like you were stuck in your little village and those were the only people that you sort of communicated with so right. you you had your own tones and dialects and all that kind of stuff and you weren't really commingling all that much for a while right. you know until right. it became easier to travel but the the island geography out there is like it blew my mind when i just went yeah in august like i was like this is insane was that your first time? No. So I went when I was in, like 16, but I didn't really, I didn't really care to be taking it all in. I, I made, <laughs> I made a little Portuguese boyfriend out there and I was just That's sneaking around behind the, the, the foosball table. That's <laughs> in the foosball tables and the bars, the Portuguese bars. You got your eight-year-old cousin getting a beer. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what it's like. <laughs> right. So I didn't really care. I wasn't really paying attention or like processing that but going back now so I hadn't been in 20 years and going back now I'm like holy shit just even just my dad telling me these stories so like we went down my dad's family's from Agortorta and it's pretty high up it's very elevated off the water I don't know exactly what the elevation is but you take this really ridiculously steep road to get down to like what they call the fission. Yeah. To get down there. So you get now there's a road. There there never was a road back when he was living there, right? And it was just like this like path on the cliff side that you would take down there. Because they have a house down there in the Fijon, like this little concrete home, like a little one, two room house. And my dad's like, Oh yeah, your grandfather built this. I'm like, how did he get shit down here to build this? He's like one cement bag at a time. And he would go on the hike on the cliffside, one fifty pound bag of cement oh or whatever, God. however heavy they are. I'm all set. I'm all set with that. <laughs> and I'm like, that would take you all fucking day to get one yeah. bag of cement down there. And then I'm like, so then what did he do for like mixing the cement? He's like, oh, he had to get sand. So he would literally get like start digging up sand and washing sand from the 
from the shore and then he'd get water and he'd mix his cement he'd make one bag's worth of cement like you built a whole house like this oh my god imagine trying to do that nowadays imagine trying to tell somebody to do that in that same method nowadays people would be like what are you absolutely insane but it's true i mean that's how they did things back then you know it's like we almost Now we almost, we definitely do. At least I'm going to speak for myself, but we take advantage of what we have and we don't realize what they had to go through, you know? So that's why as much as I pick on the culture, I am incredibly, I mean, because there are a lot of things with Portuguese culture that I'm like, all right, you know, like my grandma used to gossip (laughs) all the time about people. I'm like, well, man, you ain't no better. Like, I don't know why you're out here pretending like you are the queen. Did you not? <laughs> you know, and she's like eating her popsicles, talking about other people's weight. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, gossiping's like a big thing in our culture. <laughs> it's yeah, a must. huge, huge. But you know, it's it's one of those things where I get defensive if other people make like poke fun at our culture that right. are not Portuguese. I'm like, don't say that. And they're like, you are part of a whole trio that makes fun of it. I'm like, because we're all Portuguese, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But I honestly feel like there are people that genuinely don't understand that. They truly feel like we are making fun or like disrespecting the culture. I'm like, no, we create these sketches and we write the things that we write based on our experiences. You know, not to say that everybody has been through that experience, because that's another thing too. Everybody takes it personally. They're like, well, I'm not like that. And I didn't have that experience. So that must not be accurate. It's like, no, but that was our experience. So right. there are some people that are like, oh, that's relatable. I had that same experience. And there are some people like, oh, well, I get I get it, but it didn't really pertain to me. That's all. That's it's and that's comedy though. That's comedy as a as a whole, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. When somebody says anything negative about our culture, I'm the first one to be there. All bulked up with my video. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but then I'm over here like rolling my eyes about the same thing. So I get it. But it's just there are a lot of things that now that I'm older, I appreciate more, you know, especially when I go and visit San Miguel now as an adult that I didn't appreciate when I was a kid because I didn't realize, you know, my mom would tell me about the place that she lived. And I'm thinking, all right, you have all your siblings, you got your parents, your grandparents. I'm like, my mom like grew up in a mansion. Like, I can't wait to see this seven years old, I go and see this home. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is this? You know, and at that age, obviously you don't get it. But my parents, my family, they were all poor, like poor, Same. you know? And Same. so, right, exactly. So we all kind of are on the same page with that. But I didn't grow up poor. You know what I mean? Like I didn't grow up missing out on anything. And to think that like my family worked through all of that to get to where they are now to make sure that they gave themselves a good life and also their children a good life is incredible to me. I can barely get out of bed and make my bed in the morning sometimes. And the fact that my parents like defeated poverty and like yeah. made a good <laughs> life. And I'm like, yeah, I can't even make myself dinner tonight. Like I'm lazy. The, <laughs> you know? the fact that they left another country like they left what they knew to come to another country with like, you know, some came with money, some didn't, some came with birds and whatever it is that they brought over from there, from home. Birds. They sneaked in to the country. They just like, like now me, if I think about I'm like, would I ever like leave the States and like, 
go to like Ireland or and like start all over. Like it's scary. Let's not forget they started with zero dollars. Like if you were to do that now and you're going to go move to another country, you're going to be like, all right, let me save up my emergency fund. And then I'm going to go over there with this money and I'm going to start my life. And that's not how they did it. They did it with literally coming over to this country with zero dollars in their bank account and some even owing money. Like they had to borrow money for the plane ticket to come to America. And I'm like, that's insane. Like you got here with no, no job, no money. And you took your whole freaking family here and you're just sitting here like, okay, somebody, like, somebody's <laughs> going to give me a job and I'll go find an apartment. But Right? Imagine that. Like that. Just leaving an island. Your yard is like this beautiful landscape off the side of a mountain. You're like, you know where I'm going to go? Fall River, Massachusetts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know what I need? I need a little factory work. Yeah. <laughs> go and work my butt off in a factory for 12 hours that sounds great but but that's what I'm saying like that's how we see it but to them that was like no we're gonna have the life that we've always dreamed of in America and it's it like it kind of makes you emotional sometimes thinking about it that I'm like wow but you're right they came here with nothing and that is so scary not knowing how it's gonna work out at least now you know people still do things like that but now you know in our circumstances, if we want to be like, I'm going to go spend, you know, a few months in a different country. We have a plan. They didn't have that option. They were like, I'm hoping for the best and I'm doing this for, to benefit myself and my family, you know? And it's like, like you said, that's terrifying. (laughs) It's so terrifying. We have the option to like Google, Google stuff online and read reviews and be like, okay, I'm not going to stay here because this, this place looks sketchy. Oh, this only got like three stars. Our parents did like they landed at the at Boston Logan Airport and just Boston Logan Airport was it even called Logan back then? My goodness, no, no probably not. No, and they probably was just like, let's just hope my ride is here to pick us up. <laughs> like, right? You know what I mean? The part of that that makes me the saddest is, yes, they did all that sacrifice for a better life, right? But at my, like my grandparent level. I feel like their life got worse, not better. And I mean that like, yes, they're here. They're in Fall River, but like they never wanted like they came here and they just like got old in like a little apartment in Fall River. And it's it's like they never wanted anything more. They never did anything, you know, like at my parents generation already. Like, yes, they are. They are seeing the benefit. My generation is seeing the benefit. But at my grandparents generation, like they made all that sacrifice for no benefit to themselves really other than giving their kids and grandkids a better life they were thriving out there it not let me back up they were not thriving (laughs) they were not thriving they were in poverty but (laughs) they were thriving in poverty (laughs) really i mean that's the reality they had their family they had the land that they knew how to deal with livestock and they and work the farms and plant and all this stuff. And then you're just going to go sit on a little plot of land in the middle of the freaking city where you have none of that stuff. And you're just yeah. tied, you know, strapped into your little apartment and you don't go anywhere. You don't spend any money. You don't do anything. You probably have it all rolled up in the mattress somewhere. Like it's <laughs> just like, it's, it's true. So that's sad to me at the grandparent generation because like the kids, my parents' generation, they already benefited. You know, they built a nice house and they were able to be in this country long enough to they speak English and they 
had nice jobs and could save up money and give me a better life. But like my grandparents didn't really have that. So like they made the ultimate sacrifice, I feel. I agree with you. I agree. It's yeah. like they, my grandparents didn't even get their license. They didn't drive around anywhere. Same, yeah. They, some of them didn't even learn English. And it's like you just, they went and worked in a factory and they did, they worked hard and they did what was asked of them. But it's like, imagine just like you came here hoping for a better life and you accommodated to other people, the other environment. Like instead of the environment accommodating to you, you accommodate accommodated to that environment and then you just passed. Like you just passed mm-hmm. away. It's like kind of sad, honestly. You know, it's like super sad. And I'm not saying all of the, their whole life was like that, but they did obviously enjoy like time with family and, you know, certain things. I know I, I don't do certain things anymore because of, you know, my grandparents not being around. I feel like since they've passed, like the family doesn't know how to get together anymore. It's like, we don't get like these major like family gatherings and singing Fado in the basement. You're like, we don't do stuff like that anymore. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, we don't, we don't do things like that anymore. And it makes me sad. So I do feel like in that aspect, our grandparents have contributed to those moments of bringing us together. But that wasn't anything like, the American dream. That was what they've known since they came from their country. Like that's stuff that they would do in their country in their village. So they brought that here. Right. It wasn't like, I'm only doing this because I'm in America. Like that's something that they brought because it means something to them. And now that you're, you know, saying that and I'm, I'm processing it. Like, damn, like that's probably the only thing that made them feel (laughs) like they were at home. You know what I mean? Like that was the only thing that made them feel like they were a part of this because they were expected to work. Like nobody put the pressure on them of learning the language or teaching them the language. I think that was the biggest thing too. It's like you were thrown in a factory, you worked at the end of the day, you punch your card out and you go home. Don't care. Don't need to know anything about you. Don't want to know about your life. It's not like it wasn't personal. You know what I mean? It was not a, it was a very impersonal disconnected relationship. And I, I, yeah, I, I hear you. I feel like, I feel like our grandparents got ripped off. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I kind of want to bring that back and be like, wait, I just want to show you that you like actually gave us a good life. So thank you. My grandparents on my mom's side, they stayed out there till they, till they died. They never came down here. My dad's parents, however, they came down and I just laughed. I'm kind of thinking, laughing about this because they lived on a road that, our school processions would go down oh, God. and we couldn't go down the school procession anymore because a certain store was on that street, a porno store. So my <laughs> poor grandparents <laughs> lived on the side of a porno store. <laughs> poor things. They loved, an, they loved a mountain to go and to be next to porn. Oh my God. <laughs> one thing they had, the one thing they had, which was the, the season coming in front of them. And That's they it. That's it. it. <laughs> oh my god. You remember that, right? We couldn't go down that street anymore because of the porno store. <laughs> that was like an unlocked memory. Like I vaguely remember that. Oh my god. I rem- I am remembering this now. My grandfather probably enjoyed it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> My grandfather's like, I'm gonna skip out this year on the, the procession of other places to be. <laughs> Your grandfather came home very happy after that. You know he wasn't at the feast. 
He was at his own fashion. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. But it's so true though. Like when you think about it, like the innocence of that, like, you know, grandparents that don't know any better, like, you know, looking forward to something that has to do with their culture. And it's right. like, can't even enjoy that. You know, it's like, geez, <laughs> my God. Damn, Mel, you got me in my feelings over here. Like, like, I want to bring my grandparents back. I just feel like I'm sorry. You guys got ripped off. Not that it's any better right now, but I just wanted to let you know you got ripped off. It's almost Halloween. Let's bring out the Ouija board and try yes. to bring them back. By the bourgeois. I'm like, where are you? Oh, man, that's awesome. So when I was out there, I was in Ponte Delgado by the Porto Sociedad. And you know how they have the little pineapple? cart there with the yeah with yep. the, the pina coladas and the pineapple <laughs> so <laughs> like i was like taking like a picture or video of myself or whatever with drinking this pina colada pineapple in front of the portrait de Cidad. and then i posted it and i was like i'm not sure this is what vavo was envisioning when <laughs> she wanted to give me a better life was so that i could come back on vacation and drink a pineapple with a little rum they're probably like turning in their like graves right now like damn you guys that wasn't no you guys have it all wrong that wasn't the intentions <laughs> right right we're like pretending I I <laughs> now that I'm thinking about that too in regards to like different things that we do when we go back to visit you know San Miguel and you know where our families are from and I like take like stupid pictures like I'm falling off a mountain and I'm like haha look at me Meanwhile, our grandparents probably had friends that like literally <laughs> fell off the mountain trying to like build their homes in Aguatorta. And I'm over here like an idiot, like, woo! I just, it's stuff like that that I'm like, I am an embarrassment <laughs> to my family. Oh my God. Grandparents wouldn't be happy that you're trying to post to the gram. <laughs> yeah, post like- to the gram. <laughs> like, ooh, on a mountain. They're like, I've sacrificed my life on that mountain and you are just over here taking pictures <laughs> sorry god love them though wouldn't be here you know what i mean we wouldn't be in the positions that we are like everything everything fell in place the way it did i mean granted they got a little bit riffed off but i mean i'm i'm super thankful i'm thankful for the life that my parents gave me but if they didn't have those opportunities you know if it wasn't for my grandparents and obviously ancestors prior to that then we wouldn't have the things that we have, you know, we can look back and laugh at it now as much as we are disappointment. To <laughs> it's still something to chuckle about, you know? So that's Oh, good. definitely. <laughs> oh, I'm thankful. Cause I, if I was living out there, like if I was born living out there, I would be married with like five kids already, probably. <laughs> oh yeah. Like 17 years old. <laughs> God. Right. Maybe our Portuguese would be a little better. Oh my God. I would hope so. It's so bad. It's so bad. I will say, though, I don't know what your experience was like, but as far as like the Portuguese Catholic school experience, I feel like it definitely changed me (laughs) for who I am as a person because I talked to people who didn't have a Catholic school experience and they're kind of normal. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I'm envious of that. Like, why can't you be weird like me? That Catholic school trauma. Catholic school trauma is real. 
So you mean they don't have like crippling anxiety and guilt and shame? No, none, none of that. No, they're just like going about their days, not with that, not none of that. <laughs> like, how does it feel to wake up and like not be anxious? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, pink slips. You guys remember pink slips? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I remember in eighth grade. Apparently, there were just some teachers that didn't like me, and they also had my dad as a student back in the day and they didn't like him. And so I would get in trouble simply because I was my father's daughter, but um, I would get pink slips all the time. I would get pink slips as I got older in school. I would get pink slips for the silliest things. I would go out and be helpful to a friend that lost an earring at recess in the park. Pink slip, pink slip. I shouldn't have been, I shouldn't have been (laughs) on the other side of the fence. And I thought these pink slips we're going to like prevent me from going to college. Like I was (laughs) terrified. I remember going to high school. I'm like, um, are my pink slips on file? Like, I'm sorry. What? My pink slips. I got a lot. She's like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I got in trouble, um, for going over the fence to find an earring. And you're like, ah, yeah, that doesn't follow you. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, those aren't real. That's like the Catholic school system. It doesn't translate over to the public school system. (laughs) They got blue slips. Right? I'm like, what? I don't know. I am I gonna pass? (laughs) Am I gonna move on? Do you guys accept me into this school with all my pink slips? (laughs) So like I don't remember you being like a troublemaker or being in trouble at all or anything like that. I wasn't. And you you seemed like you were just a very innocent child and you were just getting in trouble. It was, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, maybe in like the younger years, you know, maybe like kindergarten through like fourth grade or something, but I'd be the one that telling my friends to stop talking, but I would be the one with my name on the board. So I was like, oh, here we go. And I'd come home and be like, mom, she's like, I already know you got your name on the board again. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy is our parents, well, at least I'm going to speak about my own parents, my parents wouldn't even want to hear what I had to say. They wouldn't question the adult ever, ever. Mm -hmm. It was, I did something wrong. I'm getting the consequence. Nowadays, it's so different, especially like working in a school and being in that environment every day. The parents question the authority all the time. Like my kid didn't do that. I'm like, well, why couldn't you have been my mom back in the day? (laughs) Mom, yeah. I'm like, you did it. I'm like, mom, I didn't even get to tell you what I did. She's like, I don't care what it was. You did it. And you're wrong. I'm like, okay. Like grounded for a month. The consequences are always so extreme. Now the parents consequence the adults. <laughs> They're like, right. well, you shouldn't talk to my kid like that. I'm like, okay, miss. I'm sorry. You know, I'm like, wait, why am I apologizing? <laughs> what is, what is this? It's a totally different world now. It's so ridiculous. You know, what's so funny too, is thinking about these things. Like if I saw these, these teachers, Nowadays, I would be like, hey, how's it going? You know, and it's crazy to think like they probably hated me back then. <laughs> you know, that teacher, that same eighth grade teacher accused me of cheating on a test. I remember this vividly. I remember I remember what the test was about because I was so traumatized because I was like, I would never cheat on a test. It was like about the diary of Anne Frank, as morbid <laughs> as that is. And I asked a question about what year Anne was like in hiding or something like that. The test wasn't even on my desk. And I asked a question to my friend, 
And she's like, you are cheating. And so for the rest of the year, every time we would switch our seats, I was right next to her every time. It was so Uh embarrassing. (laughs) And then my mother, my mother was not like your mother, Kelly. My mother went in there. She was like, my daughter was cheating on a test. My daughter's a cheater. And she'd look at me and I'm like, is that, is it? She goes, Vanessa, be quiet. I'm so sorry. I'm very embarrassed. And then my mom in the car crying. She's like, I can't believe I raised a cheater. I raised a cheater. Like, mom, I didn't even, the question wasn't even on the test. I didn't even have the test in front of me. She's like, if the teacher said it, it's real. I'm like, wow. All right. So yeah, it's very different back then. It was very oh, man. different back then. Oh, I don't know where that teacher is, but <laughs> you know what? I'm sending her all of my love. I really, really am. Because that was probably like a pain in the butt. As a teenager, like we're not, teenagers can be, you know, kind of Right, testy. I'm sure it's not like, an, it wasn't an easy job for her, I'm sure. No, no. Our teachers don't have it easy, you know? So like you said, we send her love. <laughs> I send her love. Hearing you do your mom impression, we need to hear more about the impressions because you do them so well. Like I cannot, like every once in a while we have to like impersonate something on our podcast. We are not even in the same realm as the impersonation that you just did. My mother is like low-key funny you know what I mean like she's subtle funny like she doesn't even know she's funny but she says stuff sometimes and I'm just like okay I'm gonna give you an example the things that she says are embarrassing because she does not my mother will not harm a fly my mother is the most innocent kind-hearted like she is open and affirming to everyone of all walks of life right but my mom doesn't know any better with certain things So I was getting a pedicure one day and my mother, of course, decided to come to the pedicure because God forbid I do anything alone as a grown adult, 36 years old. Yep. Thank you. (laughs) I don't need you here for my pedicure, mom. She's like, I just came to talk to you. I'm like, can we talk outside of you? (laughs) Anyway, so she comes and she's talking to me and I'm talking to her about my upcoming trip. This was back in the summer to San Miguel and how, you know, when I come back, I, I was going to a wedding for my girlfriend's family and you know, I want to find something. And I'm like, maybe I'll find something out there. Not a pedicure at a salon. Okay. Getting a pedicure at a salon. And I, I you guys have both been to San Miguel, correct? Mm-hmm. Downtown yeah. in the city and stuff. Okay. So, you know, there's certain stores there, right? And in San Miguel, they call it a certain name. Like they call stores a certain name, like the, the Chinese store, right? I know that's not politically correct, but Ushinas is what they call it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, in so in Portuguese, that's how they. That's just how they. That's how they know what the store is. You know, like that's yeah. just how they know it. As I don't think they mean any harm by it, but whatever. So Ushinas for some reason sounds a little better because I know what they mean, and you know we we get it. But my mother decides to say, "You're not going to find anything in San Miguel. It's going to be very expensive unless you go to the Chinese." I'm like, oh, but mind you, I'm looking down at the person doing a pedicure. I'm looking at my mother. I'm like, mom, she's like, what? I'm like, out of all places to say something <laughs> like that, you decide here is a good time. She's like, I didn't say anything bad. It's the Chinese store. I'm like, stop talking. Let's walk outside. <laughs> you know, uh, like that. And I'm like, mom, please stop. And so I will say those things to her and she doesn't realize it until after. So then I feel bad. 
that I'm saying anything because I know that she doesn't mean any harm, but it's just a matter of recognizing certain things. And she'll say, she'll say things with an accent sometimes. And she's like, you're always making fun of me. Or she'll say something funny and I'll look at my dad and I'll look at her and I'll start laughing. And her first thing she said, she goes, I already know I'm going to be part of a sketch. I'm going to be on Facebook. I'm going to be on Snapchat. I'm going to be on Instagram. I already know. I already know. Everybody tells me everything, Vanessa. Okay. It's just, you make it so easy, mom, you know? I know. So are you yeah. like sitting there like taking note, like when something happens, right? And you're just like, oh my God, mental note, right? Like, are you going back and just be like, oh, I got to write that one down so I don't forget it? Like, yeah. are you taking yeah. notes? Yeah, you know, I do definitely take mental notes and a lot of sketches and ideas that I've come up with, a lot of them that I've written have come from experiences with my mom. You know, I was vegan for eight months, like a while ago, years ago. And being vegan in a Portuguese household is probably the weirdest concept (laughs) to ever try to explain to a Portuguese person. (laughs) And so I wrote this sketch of me telling my mom that I'm vegan and I'm going over for dinner. And my mom's like, well, what do you want? What do you want to eat? I don't get it. Like, I don't get what you eat now, you know? And I'm like, well, I'm just thinking like a salad or something. She goes, that's all you're going to eat, salad? Why don't I put like a little bit of charisse on top of my mom? Charisse is meat. And, you know, it's like, it's just like that concept of like, it's the innocence behind it. You know what I mean? Like she means well, but she doesn't know any better, you know? And then it's, it got so many hits because it's relatable. People that are vegetarian or people that are vegan, they're like, oh my God, I had that same conversation with my family. They don't get it. Like they don't understand growing up with, you know, meat and that's what we eat. We eat meat, we eat steaks. It was so difficult to explain to her, but yeah, I mean, the sketches come from firsthand experiences. And it's, it's just, she gives me all my material. She gives me all my material. She hands it to me. She doesn't even realize it for free. (laughs) That's awesome. Great. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. And she's a good sport about it, which is the best, you know? I mean, I, she tells me all the time, you know, I will tell her something and I'm like, just so you know, she's like, I already know it's going to be a video. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) giving you a heads up, but yeah, definitely is. And she will, she'll be the first one to stand up in the middle of a show, you know, and be like, that's me. I'm, I'm Vanessa's mom. You know, like all proud. That oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it's great. It really is. I, I really am. I'm lucky to have that for sure. So my mom's still on like the early part of that journey because we're kind of new on the podcast. So she's just realizing like now every time I see her, she's like, I got to watch my back with you. I got to watch my back with you. Because <laughs> like, she, she knows, knows you're going to use it. She yeah. knows I'm going to use it in somehow, in some way, shape, or form. She's going to go and put it online. I'm like, yep. Yep. Yeah. They know. But my dad, on the other hand, is classic, just like storyteller, Portuguese guy. Like, so he just loves entertaining and having telling stories. And he's always telling jokes. He, t- he tells jokes as if they happened to him. So like he won't, he won't tell you that it's a joke. Like he'll just be like, oh, you know, the other day I was at the bank and then this, and I told the woman this and I'm like, dad, that didn't happen. Like I read that on the internet in 1995. Like that's not what happens yeah. to you at the bank. Like yesterday. Right. Right. Stop portraying it. But that's how he is. He's like just that storyteller vibe. So like he just eats it up. Like I just get him going and I just get him starting with the stories and I'm like over there with my little notepad. And I'm like, <laughs> that I can use them afterwards. I'm going to remember this. I'm going to remember this. My dad is the same way. My dad loves to talk about anything and everything. Anybody that's willing to listen to his jokes, his stories, 
he will sit there for hours and hours. And I'm like, yeah, Whew. you know, yeah. I look at my mom and my mom's like, that's where you get it from your daddy. Your daddy's funny. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's you, mom. It's you. I don't, I hate to tell you this, but it's you. It's just, it's really great. It's, it's a great like dynamic to have that and to have those experiences with your parents and the fact that they're a good sports partner, like your dad, Melissa being, you know, on board with that and enjoying that and having that entertainment piece is really cool too. I'm literally like, I post so many videos of my dad on Instagram. And then as soon as I tell him it's posted an hour later, he'll be like, how many likes did it get? Or how many views? I'm like, wait, you don't have Instagram. You don't know how this works. (laughs) All of a sudden you do. He's getting sucked into (laughs) it. Yeah. He's getting sucked into (laughs) it. I'm like, it's addicted. (laughs) I know. I mean, it's so crazy to see like even my parents with their phones my parents have never been one for phones. They always be like, Vanessa, you're always on your phone. Why are you always on your phone? I'm like, Mom, you're not any better. My mom's, oh, guess what happened to so-and-so? I just read it on Facebook. Are you going to like it? I'm like, no, I'm not going to like it. My mom has this <laughs> thing where if somebody Diet. comments on like happy birthday, she has to, anybody that comments, she could have 500 comments on something. She's like, I have to go and like every single one of them because if I like one and not the other, there's going to be a fight. I'm like, mom, no, there isn't. It's not. You can like whatever you want or not like whatever you want. It's not that big of a deal. But it's just so funny how they would be on my case about that. They read into all that stuff, though. Everything. You're either in one camp or you're not. You're either in the camp of you give a happy birthday to every single person on Facebook or you give it to nobody. I'm in the give it to nobody camp. Yeah. There's people who, oh, she said happy birthday to that one over there. She didn't say it to me. She didn't post for my birthday. And like my mom. Yes. Yes. My mom's sitting there and she's like, oh, what time is it? Before it's midnight. I gotta gotta get on there before she's going to say I didn't say anything. And I'm like, oh, my God. And this is why I don't I don't want to make my mom a Facebook. She asks me all the time, but I refuse. I'm like, you have Instagram. That's good enough. (laughs) I know the day that my mom got Facebook, I knew it was over for me. I was like, oh, God. She'll call me. She'll be like, how do I change exactly my that. Facebook picture? I'm like, Mom, I, I can show you how to do it. She's like, oh, you know what? It's okay. I'm like, Mom, that picture is like 10 years old. You need to, I don't know, like lighten it up a little bit. It's <laughs> just like, and then she'll post these things. And I'm like, mm. it's like Jesus on the cross and he's bleeding. And I'm like, oh, Lord. She goes, Vanessa, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. They're always circulating like like a child who's hungry or something like this. Yeah. Or like yeah. a disabled child, like pictures of like disabled yes. children or something. They're giving it like an amen in the comments. Yes. Yes. <laughs> go, amen. And then they circulate it around and I'm like, oh my God, why are you feeding into this stuff? Like, cause it's not yeah. like, it's not real posts. It's posts that people put on there just to purposefully to go viral. You know what I mean? It's not, I'm like, you don't know these people. <laughs> right, you- right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, it's like the um the chain the chain videos. Yeah, you know, like yes. Send this to twelve people so you can have your miracle. And my mom's <laughs> like, I already have all my miracles. <laughs> Amen. God bless. All the time, she says that stuff all the time. Anytime something good happens to me, my my mom, bless her heart. But every time something happens to me, she goes, "That was a zoosh. Yeah, that was. <laughs> oh a zoosh. I'm yes. like, Okay. Mom. Do you want to know what my mom's favorite? thing to do is she likes to find images 
of Jesus or Mary in inanimate objects. So she'll have <laughs> she'll have like a picture and it'd be like a cloud. And she's like, do you see Jesus in the cloud? Oh, like, no. And she's like staring around the in the center for 10 yes. seconds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That's so bad. <laughs> It's so funny. Every single picture she takes, there's a Jesus in the background somewhere. In some, <laughs> you just have to find it. And she goes around and she shows Where's it to everybody. Yeah. And she's showing uh. it to everybody and she makes them stand there until they see this Jesus. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> she'll draw on it and she'll post it to Facebook. Like it's in the red circle. Do you see? What? Tell me what you see in the red circle. <laughs> That is so funny. <laughs> they highlight it. They draw like an arrow to it. Like in case you missed it, there is a Zouj behind the tree. There he is. He's everywhere. That's my mom's favorite thing to say. Zouj is everywhere. Everywhere. Like, I don't know if I feel, of course I make jokes and my, my mom, bless her heart, but I make jokes all the time. <laughs> my mom has a lot of patience with me. <laughs> all the time she says like jesus is everywhere i'm like i don't know if i feel comfortable with jesus like being like in the bedroom and, like, when i'm showering she finessa that's not what i mean okay please why you want to be like that I'm like well mom because you're saying jesus is everywhere but it's like kind of creepy i'm not gonna lie like i'm being stalked <laughs> i don't want him in the bathroom when i'm having a douche vinegar <laughs> Right? Like, I want my privacy, Zuzuj. Can you, like, you know, wait for me outside or something? I don't know. Zuzuj is going to be on the list where he can't be in the perimeter of a school. Yeah, that's it. I know. Seriously. Seriously. Oh, man. Your moms have this thing with, so, like, my mom's biggest biggest thing is she obviously doesn't believe in global warming. So anytime there's, like, <laughs> bad weather, like, the hurricane, like, any type of natural disaster. Oh, she's just so mad at us. I'm like, no, mom, it's it's global warming. It's just everything's going to shit. It's not because Jesus is mad at us. <laughs> No, the world is just on fire and falling apart. It has nothing to do with Jesus. He tapped out a long time ago. He did. He's like, you guys figure it out. I'm not doing this. Oh, man, that's so funny, though. I washed my hands with this. I'm all set. I'm out. But they they do. They credit everything to Jesus. They're either afraid of, like, the wrath of the Holy Spirit yeah anything good happens it's because of jesus if it's bad it's like the devil the devil's here to test you yeah yeah it's just or like i used to think that rain like when i was real real little like rain was like angels crying yeah yeah like what kind of ignorance is this (laughs) when i grew up and like when i grew up and like actually had thoughts for myself and it was independent and able to process things i was like what what kind of nonsense is this? <laughs> and that's when I realized I was different from kids that went to a public school. I want to <laughs> say, like, oh, you got. I'm like, that's not angels crying. No, oh, it's <laughs> rain. Would, oh, okay, gotcha. They would say that to us in ES. I still remember, like, when it would thunder, they would say it was either like the angels were bowling or something. <laughs> and that's why it was thundering. And it's like, wait, they have bowling in heaven? It's a bowlathon. Hey. Hey, side note, I just want to let you guys know, speaking about the bowl-a-thon, Spirito Santo, you're looking at Spirito Santos 
top <laughs> eighth grade bowler right here. You're welcome. If I still had the trophy, I would have brought it with me, but I don't. But I kept it for a very long time. I started to convince people that I was a bowler, but <laughs> I am not. I just remember having my name called in the cafeteria slash auditorium slash gym that we had at a spirit of Santa. Top eighth grade bowler, Vanessa Materials. I was like, what? And me? I mean, I was, we definitely had the little bumpers up, but whatever. I'll oh, take definitely. It. Yeah. I will take it. It was a trophy oh and I was proud. When I say Hell, I was yeah. proud, I put that up. I had that up on my desk in my in my childhood home. For, I mean, when I say years, it was like embarrassing how many years I had it. I think I actually just got rid of it. And I'm 36 years old, so you already know how that goes. <laughs> the one positive thing of my Catholic school experience was my trophy. Bowling. <laughs> For bowling, well, yeah. Actually, somebody just posted <laughs> so our sixth grade teacher came on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Yes, yes. And there was conversation on Facebook about his episode, right? And we were talking about the egg drop. And somebody posted a picture. They had a trophy of the egg drop. Like they were an egg drop champion. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. And they still had the trophy. Okay. First of all, I want to know. What class started getting trophies? Because I don't That's remember what I'm trophies saying. for that. That's what I'm saying. I said my egg didn't break and I didn't get a freaking trophy. How do you get the trophy? I'm going to have to talk to him separately because I'm <laughs> concerned that I was not involved in this. I had no idea that there was prizes involved. I could have added to my collection of trophies from Roberto Santo. Oh, man. That's amazing. I do remember that experiment. Sometimes I, I think about that. And when I make eggs in the morning, I kind of want to do it. <laughs> I just wrap it up in duct tape and just throw it out the window. And see, if it see what happens. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I love that you guys do like a mental health piece, too, at the end, because I just think it's important. And I like that you guys connect stuff like that, too. So our culture and our upbringing is such like it's the reason that we have mental <laughs> health problems. Do you know what right. I mean? It makes sense to end that way. Right. So we have to kind of like connect the dots and figure out how mm-hmm. to undo it. So this is a great, perfect segue to our, we're going to do our mental health segment because we'll probably talk for a little bit about that. We won't make it too quick. We won't breeze through it. Growing up the way we did. Portuguese culture and the super, super Catholics, right? The guilt, fear, and shame that was just instilled in us from birth all the way through, you know, like whatever indoctrination we had through our (laughs) school years, you know? And it just really messes with you. Because I was going to say when we were talking before about oh, you thinking that the angel tears were rain or whatever. Yeah. Do you know that like my whole life, like I went through thinking that like, okay, Jesus can, he knows everything I'm thinking. So it's not just my actions and what I'm doing. It's like, I'm fighting my, my own thoughts and trying to like battle my own thoughts to be like, no, if I think that Jesus is going to know I thought that. And then I, I can't just, 
I can't hide it from Jesus because if I think it, that means Jesus knows. And like that was like that can fuck you up. Yeah, definitely. To backpack what off, off of what you were saying, that was my life too. And it was hard because I didn't have so I didn't grow up in like a super Portuguese household. Like I was telling you guys before, my parents spoke English and you know, we were they were pretty modern in in regards to their way of thinking. But because of those experiences of the Catholic school and the upbringing with the religion being at the forefront of everything, I felt the same way. I felt bad. I felt wrong for thinking certain things because I felt the same way too. Like as if like somebody was inside of my head and, and examining or dissecting or judging my thoughts. So yeah, it definitely messes with you for sure. And then you are in a culture that doesn't really talk about mental health. So who do you say that to? You know what I mean? And I didn't have any siblings or any other like people my age. So I was going through it alone. You know, I, I, I just brought this up in my own therapy session, you know, about that feeling of feeling like you're alone, not only physically, you know, in your environment, but also mentally too, like not knowing who else feels the way that you do? Like you're an outsider because you're the only one that feels this way and it's wrong to feel this way. And you have to make sure you get through it on your own because we shouldn't talk about it and we shouldn't deal with it. So yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, as, as, as much as we joke about it, like, oh yeah, I went to a Catholic school. Now I'm gay. You know what I mean? And my mom's like, <laughs> was it because I didn't put you in ballet class? I'm like, no, it wasn't because you didn't put me in ballet class, mom. It makes no sense. <laughs> it's because you put me in a Catholic school for nine years. And then <laughs> that's when I make those comments. And obviously my mom is still very much into her religion, which I respect as well. But we joke about it and we make this, you know, kind of like dark humor about it. But at, at the reality is it did kind of screw things up in regards to how we deal with things and how we talk about things and express ourselves because in 2022, people are more open and comfortable with expressing themselves, which I think is wonderful. I think we still have a long way to go, but I do feel as though this generation is more comfortable with advocating for themselves expressing themselves and talking about anxiety, depression, and, and all those things more openly. But back then, that was not a thing. Now, at least no. not for you know our generation. It wasn't a thing. It was If you felt a certain type of way, it was not normal. You were crazy and it was wrong. So don't talk about it. Deal with it on your own or you know whatever. Find some other kind of outlet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I feel like it's definitely all connected for sure. I mean, especially me being like in the field of therapy and mental health, it's all connected. And when you break it down, it's like, you know, we can talk about recent events in the world, pandemics and different things that cause anxiety because there are so many things happening in the world that can cause anxiety. But this stems from like, when we were little, little, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is not just the past couple of years. This is since I was a kid. Certainly it's, it's been exacerbated, but obviously by the stuff that's going on in the world and all that, but it's all like deep seated, deep rooted in you. Mm-hmm. Like I had anxiety my whole life, but I never had a term for it. Like I didn't know right. I had anxiety. You know what I mean? Right. 
And then after it was like a year after I had my daughter, you know, your hormones start to go a little wonky. And I just started having like just intense anxiety outbreaks and stuff like that. And that's when I got like diagnosed with a generalized anxiety disorder eventually after like a year of a hundred doctors appointments. <laughs> right, right. But I was like, the doctor, when he told me I had anxiety, I was like, oh, no, no, not me. Like, I'm fine. I don't have anxiety. And then, like, he started asking me some questions or talking about some stuff. He's like, like, how often do you feel like you're going to die? And I'm like, every day. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, that's not normal. It's not normal. Normal people don't feel, have a fear of death every day. Right. And I'm like, that's how I was fucking brought up. Like, right. you, I can't, like, leave a room without, you know, you can say bye to your grandmother. Oh, stash kisah. Like, <laughs> right, right. God doesn't, God doesn't strike me dead between now and tomorrow. Right, and it's like, exactly. I'm like, they, what if what if Dish doesn't present? <laughs> so why don't we talk about that? Sadish Kizad. Like, how do we know he's gonna kizad tomorrow? He might not. And I don't blame him if he doesn't, but then what does that have to say about my life? I get it. Yeah, it's that it's true. It's like God willing, I'm like, well, what if God doesn't want to will it tomorrow? Then what? You know, it's like that fear of like, oh damn, like I gotta make sure I talk to God tonight because like I'm trying to have him will another day tomorrow. And I don't know if I'm on his good side or his bad side. Like, am I on the naughty list or like what's happening here? I know. It's just it's so nuts because like until he asked me those questions, I was like, no, I'm fine. I don't have anxiety. Like, because I thought the way that I processed and the level of worry that I had about everything, I thought that was like a normal level of worry to have. And it's not. And it's just, it's, the, not. it's the level of worry that we've been brought up with. Right. Right. My worry and my thoughts, I'm like, this is, this is my mom's voice. Like this is my inner monologue is my mom's voice. The things that my mom worried about my whole life are things that now as an adult, I found myself worrying about. And I'm like, why do I, give a fuck if my purse is on the counter and somebody can see it from the window like why <laughs> oh my god that's so funny it's so funny when you're saying these things because at the time i didn't realize how anxious that is like that is such an anxiety driven thought and experience and it's true i my mom would do the same thing like everything it's like don't don't go outside after you wash your hair like yeah. you can't wash your hair if you are on your menstrual cycle. I'm like, what? In the, where did you guys pull this nonsense from? But it just causes you to have anxiety about everything. My everything. mom just told me this summer, like we were at the beach together. It was me and my mom. And my mom knew I, like my mom just knew I had my period, right? And she saw me going into the water and she's like, you can't go into the water when you have your period. I was like, what? <laughs> like, what do they think was going to happen? So I was going to blow up like... I don't understand, but that catastrophic thinking at all times is like, I'm messed up now. Thank you. I'm like, mom, no, you can go in the water with your period. Yes. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. Let's give Maria the benefit of the doubt because back then they probably didn't have sanitary things. So like her little friends probably got eaten by a shark in the water. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Ew. And you know what, Melissa, every time you bring it back around, like it makes me more sad about my grandparents' generation. I feel like they just, they had it rough. They really, really did. Mm. They really did. But that's true. I mean, that's, it's those anxieties 
because they didn't have access to things or didn't have those things didn't exist for them back then. So they didn't know any better. Like you don't right. know any better about something that you don't know anything about or never had the opportunity to experience. So that makes sense. But those thoughts then pass down to obviously their children and then their children are like, well, this is how I was brought up. So this is how I'm going to bring you up, you know? It's like, no, thanks. I want to wake up without anxiety tomorrow. If that's okay, please. Thank you. So I grew up with obviously anxiety too, but I had an added little thing, fun little thing, OCD. I didn't know what the fuck OCD was growing up. So here I am doing these crazy ass uh, rituals. I had to like do the light switches a certain amount of times, do deodorant a bunch of times. I had to wash my hair like a bunch of times. Like it was always like in threes and all these things. I had to like count the stairs. As I had these crazy like rituals to the point where my brother like would beat me up sometimes because he's like, "Dude, you're so you're taking so long." Or you know, like he, we just we didn't know what it was. Do you want to know when I realized I had OCD? Was MTV used to have a show called True Life? <laughs> do you remember True Life? Yes, I do remember True Life. Yep. There's an episode of MTV True Life. I have OCD. My whole life changed when I watched that episode because I was like, holy shit, I have the same fucking thing. I'm like, there was this girl that like, I still remember, like I watched it yesterday or something because it was this girl. They made her like for her to get over her like OCD. They wanted to help her. So she had the thoughts of like, if she didn't do something, her family members would die. Right. So they made her go to like a fake funeral and everything and like watch her family members. Like they made her sit through it. And I was like, wow, I just learned what OCD was. (laughs) I had no idea what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't. Was that an approved method for for solving OCD? Because that sounds a little bit. Well, I think they like walked her through because they were just like, Okay, like you don't need to do the light searches three times because your mom's not going to die if you don't flick it a third or fourth time. Like it's just you have those. So with OCD, those thoughts will just come and you're like, oh, shit. Like there's been so many times where I've like I've done the light switches or I like most recent it will be like I'll like grab like a piece of paper and I'm like, oh, I don't know, like a piece of paper at work. And like, I'll get a thought when I grab that piece of paper and I'm like, I can't use this paper and I'll rip it. I'll rip it up. I'll grab like another piece of paper. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy, but it's, it's, you don't, it's like, I didn't know what it was. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's debilitating to the point that you're like, and, and then if you don't have any knowledge or information on it, because you've never had the exposure to it or to understand what it is, it's, it can make you feel like you're insane you know what i mean yeah. and it's it sucks it's a it's a shitty feeling it really is because you you've never known about it your, your mom's not going to tell you about ocd your mom's they not going to tell you it, about yeah. anxiety she's like, <laughs> yeah, my mom says to me she goes i don't have anxiety vanessa i can multitask that's it i'm like that doesn't make it those two don't go together please yeah. just she's like i don't have adhd i'm just really good at doing a lot of things i'm like no that's not no <laughs> You can't focus on one thing. You're probably you're doing anxious. Yeah. Because you're anxious. anxious. Like all, That's all. You just making my case and my point <laughs> even more clear. Mom. Thank you. Yeah. It's like they don't want to admit to things that they no. struggle with because it's a sign of weakness and it's a pride thing. You know, it's like we don't have any problems. We work through our things. We don't need anyone else on the outside of our family or our circles because then we're going to look bad to them. And I feel like their image and who they are 
as people and as a culture is important to them, especially those who came from came here to America for a better life. For a lot of them, that's all they had was their pride and their culture and who they are as people. So when that was ever jaded in the public eye, then what else do they have left? Do you know what I mean? So unfortunately, those things also were passed on to their kids. And then here we are, (laughs) a generation of anxiety. (laughs) I'm going to write a book. That's what I'm going to call it, a generation of anxiety. And I'm just going to title. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one page. I'm just going to say <laughs> Philomena Madeiras. That's it. <laughs> My mother's name. At the end. <laughs> Bestseller, number one. Oh, man. So, I mean, it's all, it's all so true. They, I feel like, have no desire to get out of it. Like, we're all in a state where we're like, okay, like, we're doing things to actively better ourselves and reduce anxiety and so like they have no desire to want to get out of that state like they're in that state and they seem like they're happy being there like they don't (laughs) do you know what I mean like they're not they're not looking for like oh how do I de-stress or how do I like they don't do any of that like that's just that's just I told my mother that right and I and and I feel like it's that well, it didn't, it, it happened to me. I'm fine. I'm not traumatized. It happened in the past. I'm not thinking about it. It has nothing to do with my present life. And I'm like, no, it, it does though. Like it you've does. experienced some pretty traumatic things. No, it's fine. Like, no, you are like a kid witnessing all these intense adult type of situations when you were a kid and you didn't have a chance to be a kid. Ah, I'm fine. I moved on. Look at where I am now. My life is great. Okay. We're just going to ignore. That's what we're going to do. We're going to ignore. We're going to deny. And that's it. We're not going to acknowledge it. But I always say they have amnesia. They just forget. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my mom has amnesia. She doesn't remember that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. She's like, well, I just blocked it out. I'm like, that's not healthy. That's not how you deal with things. But (laughs) I just told my parents recently, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to see a therapist. And, you know, I've been in the mental health field since I was 18. So I have respect for it, but it's, it can be a lot. It's a lot dealing with other people's problems and other people's mental health. And, you know, you have to take care of yourself too. My mom's reaction was she put her phone down, first of all, because she had to focus. When I said that, that was like, uh oh, this is serious. So she put her phone down. She'd put Facebook aside for a second. <laughs> Vanessa, why are you going to see a therapist? What's the matter with your life? I'm like, no, nothing's wrong with my life. I just, it's someone, well, why can't you talk to us? We're your parents. We're your best friends. I said, okay, mom, because I need somebody like outside of like the family circle. And like, and she's like, I don't think therapy is necessary. I was like, really? I am a therapist, mom. And she's like, well, yeah, for you, for your job. But for you to get it, no. I'm like, well, you make that makes no sense, mom. Like, how do you support my career, but you don't support me getting help? Like, it's I like can help others. Assume, but... Yeah. Right. And they automatically assume something's wrong. You know, what did we do? It, it's like, the, again, going back to their image. Well, right, we right, raised right. you right. And then and, and what did we, what have we done as parents to fail you that you need to seek therapy? I'm like, that's not at all what therapy is, though. Right. Yeah an opportunity to talk to somebody outside of your circle and non-judgmental, non-biased opinion and support and advice that sometimes we, it's nice to hear what you want to hear, but sometimes you have to hear what you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. And 
a person outside of your circle can do that for you, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think once I explained that, my mom was like, okay, Vanessa, as long as you're not sad, that's fine. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with being sad. Even if I like (laughs) cry, I'll like watch a movie and I'll stop crying. My mom was like, what is wrong with you right now? Like it was sad. The puppy died, mom. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, God, it's like I can't express my feelings. Any like feelings that are emotional, like overly emotional, or experience like sadness or anything like that. My mom, it's almost as if she takes it personally. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Why is my daughter feeling this way?" Like it has nothing to do with you, mom. You know? Yeah. So oh. it's it's a lot. It's a lot of working through that. Is you're trying to break this generational. Um, opinion and just this barrier of what they've known to be as mental health or what they haven't known about mental health. You know, it's like trying to break that and go back years and years and years of the same type of routine and the same type of mindset. It's, it's, it's a struggle. It really, really is. Mm. And I feel like you were saying our generation is more open to it. We're more open to putting a, a label on some of those things and be like, I never knew that I had OCD and now I know what it is. And that's a relieving feeling to know that whatever you're experiencing has a name because you're right. having these experiences, these rituals, these obsessions, these compulsions. And you're like, Oh my God, what is this? You know? And then when you see that somebody else is experiencing the same thing and it has a name, or at least it has some kind of description or criteria, then you're like, Oh, thank God. Okay. Right. I was like, feeling some type of way. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. And there's that barrier there between the generations where we need to break that barrier and we need to make sure that we stand strong and be like, no, I know that you don't understand what this means, but it's important to me that I understand my own mental health because I don't want to be like you in regards to blocking things out Mm -hmm. because I can't, because I can't move forward with certain things if I do that, you know? So I think breaking it down like that, I mean, I know every parent is different, but breaking it down like that has helped my parents understand and really understand it from a different perspective and a different light because it is important. We need to take care of ourselves, not just physically, but emotionally too, you know? Yeah. That is all perfect. (laughs) Oh my God, I was going to say that like sums it up. (laughs) I know. This is a therapist in me, guys. I know. I love it. (laughs) i'm like anyway welcome to my ted talk yeah how much are you charging for this session how much am i charging that was free for you guys that was free for you guys that is spirit i want a shirt though if you can make me one of those shirts i would absolutely love that that, that would be your payment uh. So it's about that time. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying our podcast, please just give us a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to us. You can also visit our website. It's folkandfad.com. We have transcripts available there of every episode. And you can also send us an email, mail at folkandfad.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. Same handle there, folkandfad. And for Instagram, you can follow us at underscore it's called culture.